0: live from studio 6b on a tuesday night real america's voice dish network channel 219 pluto tv channel 240 comcast in chicago 113 and many other places soon to come around the country welcome on in paul nolan's here with the news mr nolan how are you i'm ready to roll ready to roll uh, rick delgado's here with a what even is that tonight what's the coming up in the what even is that
1: ah it's about sore
0: losers Oh, so uh, Joe Biden and uh, Nancy Pelosi <laughs> and Ch- the Democratic Party. Got uh, it. We could be talking about them. You, you never know. Okay. And uh, Rick Amorati is going to have some
2: sports tonight. What's going on, pal? Hey, Big D. Well, the weather isn't cooperating in Texas as the NASCAR Cup Series has been postponed yet again. And the restart will be tomorrow at 3 o'clock. So we'll keep an eye on that and a couple other uh, items coming up tonight with football and basketball.
0: All right. Very good. Live from Studio 6B. Glad you're in on a busy Tuesday night. John Solomon, the great John Solomon, is going to join us here in a second. Uh, Also tonight, bottom of the hour, 830, Eric Greitens, host of Actionable Intelligence, right here on Real America's Voice each and every day, 6 to 7 p.m. He's going to join us talk about a show talk about many other things uh remember thursday michael knowles from the daily wire uh ben shapiro's deal over there the michael Knowles, host of the michael knowles show he'll be on and i'm uh the mayor america's mayor rudy giuliani will be on thursday as well and then friday night diamond and silk we'll get those girls fired up here on a friday night they'll be on as well so great week coming up and um so having said that let me bring him right in and let's get to some reporting today a lot to talk about please welcome the uh editor-in-chief and founder of just the news of course the author of fallout and uh we're always honored to have him on the show the great john solomon mr solomon how are you
3: i am well good to join you good
0: to join good to have you as always so uh, I mean, it seems it's hard to keep up with every day with everything with this hard hard drive that's coming yeah. out and people like Raheem Kassam's reporting, you're reporting. Obviously, um, Mr. Bobolinsky's going to be on another uh, network tonight with, with specifically dropping right. new audio that we're supposed to all be hearing for the first time. But I want to go to what you reported in Just the News today. Uh, Hunter Biden's 2017 rant about Burisma. Quote, I was fighting for the only income I have left. And I've read this um twice now and the takeaway i guess for me and you'll give me your thoughts and tell me if i'm wrong is that to break it down to very simply without his father hunter biden didn't have many outlets to um make a make an income is that is that what i'm supposed to take from this
3: yeah that's exactly what meant in the in the uh email so if you go back to 2011, when Joe Biden is the, the vice president and Hunter Biden is uh, tro- globe trotting trying to find business deals, life is good for him. He's got Chinese businessmen he's courting. He wants them to come see his dad in the White House. They get in the White House. 2013, he wants to get another China deal. He jumps on Air Force Two with his dad, shows up in style in Beijing, introduces his dad to the guy who's going to help him create a $1.5 billion investment fund. 2015, a year after he's um, <clears throat> added to the board of Burisma Holdings, a, a corrupt Ukraine gas company. Uh, he gets, according to these emails that have come out recently, he gets one of their executives in to see his dad. And all along the way, there's millions of dollars flowing in. Joe Biden leaves office in January 2017. Life not so good for Hunter Biden anymore. Things are drying up. And one of the big things that he was worried about was the Burisma gig. Uh Through the beginning of 2017, he and his business partner, uh, Devin Archer, who were on the board, had made $4 million working for this gas company in Ukraine. They didn't have any gas experience. They didn't have any Ukrainian experience. Uh, Hunter Biden's even admitted he think he got the job just because of his last name. That gravy train suddenly is in jeopardy, and uh, he's uh, writing one of his business colleagues saying, I don't have time to deal with what you need me to deal with right now. I'm about to lose my last run of money from uh, Burisma. And this is is the email that we see, and it involves a deal that we haven't talked much about. We've talked about Hunter making lots of money in Russia, in Ukraine, in China, but he also had a deal in uh, Kazakhstan, the uh, old Soviet republic. And in that deal, he brought Burisma, his Ukrainian employer, together with the Kazakh government, and he created a lucrative deal. And uh, now it's in jeopardy because his dad's not in office. Who needs Hunter Biden anymore? And that's what you capture in this text message with his business partner that we wrote about today. Yeah, Um, we've linked to it on our social
0: sites. Um, I'm going to have Rudy on on Thursday, and I've got a bunch of stuff I want to ask him, but... Do you think that the Hunter Biden emails and texts are, as Rudy has said, a predicate for an FBI criminal probe? And if so, and and if not, either way, I guess, what has the FBI been doing with this sitting there for so long? And, and only when they discovered, it seems to me, that somebody else had this, did they say, oh, oh, let's make people aware that we also have it.
3: Yeah, Well, a lot of people forget this because it's sort of glossed over in the media. But the very guy that Hunter Biden was in business with during the whole time, his father uh, was vice president, is a guy named Devin Archer, who today is a convicted felon about to be sentenced to prison. He was convicted on FBI evidence looking at the very company he and Hunter Biden ran together, a company called uh, Rosemont Seneca Bohai. They found evidence and they convicted Uh, Devin Archer of a fraud involving an Indian tribe and some bonds. And it was basically a fleecing going on. Uh, That evidence was strong enough to create at least one conviction. The overwhelming question that now is in the public realm is, was there evidence that the FBI had about Hunter Biden's involvement and they looked the other way? And we're starting to see a lot of people come out of the woodwork. Everybody's focused on the Rudy Giuliani discovered uh, hard drive, and that provides us one body of evidence. But we've got two former co-defendants of um, Devin Archer now talking, saying, listen, Hunter Biden was up to his neck in this stuff, and he walked free, and we all went to prison. That's the question that I think Rudy Giuliani's recommending that the FBI investigate more closely.
0: Ted Cruz was on, I think, <clears throat> HBO, and he said, right. um, he said, I don't think it moves a single voter, Cruz said. And I've talked a little bit on this show about this, too. You know, if you don't like Joe Biden, sure. you, probably get, you probably get caught up in this and say, oh, wow, look at all this. And if you do like Joe Biden, you probably say, eh, the kid's got problems and whatever. And if he, if he did something, he deserves to go to jail, then he'll have his day. Where do you stand with all that?
3: Well, listen, uh, we just did a poll last week at Just the News, Scott Rasmussen, the great bolster, and he found that a vast majority of Americans, nearly 60 percent of Americans, including many Democrats, think that uh, Joe Biden engaged in a conflict of interest by uh, overseeing these policies while his son was cashing in on them. This story has clearly seeped into the public consciousness, even though the mainstream media has done a 100 percent blackout. They've just Not allowed any of this information between social media, traditional media. Uh, There's been no coverage of this. And yet, somehow, through the force of the president, through Rudy Giuliani, through the great uh, uh, work here at America's Voice, at Just the News and other places, this story has hit the public interest. People get what's going on here. And they'll put it into the old factor. Is it the issue that's going to win the election? Probably not. I think the bigger question that voters are going to ask themselves when they mail that ballot or go to the polls is, which America do we want to live in? Do we want to live in the prosperous, low-poverty, low-unemployment America we just had the last three or four years? Or do we want to live in an America where anarchists and violence and disarming, dishonoring, and funding cops is the new norm? I think that's the real question that the election is going to turn on. So Ted Cruz is probably right that this isn't going to win a lot of votes. But don't be fooled. The American public understand what Joe Biden and his family are up to. It's the very swampy-like behavior that donald trump was elected in 2016 to put an end to
0: now as we look at all this continue to unfold on a daily basis do you look back on the story that you broke about people like yourself sean hannity other people being under surveillance and say well now we kind of we're starting to really see why the deep state here was worried and was surveilling us does all is all of this interconnected in a way where you're looking at this
3: going okay now it makes a whole lot more sense Without a doubt, and today there were brand new documents turned over to Judicial Watch, Tom Fitton's group that show that beyond the social media monitoring, almost hourly, the Ukraine embassy in Washington was trying to counter my reporting when I worked for the Hill. And I think I look back now and I say, well, it's really fascinating that our, our diplomats overseas didn't have any crises like, oh, Russia invading Crimea or or the other things that are going on in the world. They had so much time on their hands, they could worry about the reporting I was doing about Joe Biden and his son and other issues related to it. It's sort of remarkable that their priorities are so low that they they were focused on me but the most important thing is there was a period of time during impeachment where everybody called my reporting uh, debunked uh, russian disinformation bad reporting shameful i got ostracized by my industry today i look back and realize everything i had was accurate and i was wrong it was way worse than i thought i had a piece of the puzzle We now see China, Russia, Kazakhstan, uh, Ukraine all being gravy trains for the Biden family. And multiple members, Hunter, James, the brother, and others are getting a piece of the action. And there's no one saying, hey, in the back of their head, this is exactly what Americans don't want. They don't want us cashing in on American policy. We shouldn't be trading in on our names. There didn't seem to be that alarm bell in Joe Biden's head, Hunter Biden's head, or any of the other people uh, that were uh, engaged in, in making millions off of Joe Biden's vice presidency. It's,
0: it's really amazing that we, both, we have now have both the father in that obviously very well-known video and audio of him when he was talking at the uh, Foreign Council, uh, re- relations right. on Foreign Council. And now we have the son with this audio today. Gee, do we have the audio? I know Mr. Solomon's heard it, but the audience may not have heard it. Let's, let's just play that because we, uh, we're not in any time constraints here. Let's, let's roll that audio.
4: I get calls from my father to tell me that the New York Times is calling, but my old partner, Eric, who literally has done me harm for I don't know how long, is the one taking the calls because my father will not stop sending the calls to Eric. I have another New York Times reporter calling about my representation of the, literally, Dr. Patrico, the f-ing spy chief of China. We started the company that my partner, who was worth $323 billion, found it. it is now missing. The richest man in the world is missing, who was my partner. He was missing since I last saw him in his $58 million apartment and signed a $4 billion deal to build the fucking largest fucking LNG port in the world. And... I am receiving calls from the Southern District of New York from the U.S. attorney himself. My best friend in business, Devin, has named me as a witness without telling me in a criminal case and my father without telling me.
0: Yeah, the and my father part. So give me your thoughts on what what the person who's not spending a lot of time tearing this down every day like some of us do. What should they take away from that audio? And for me personally, I'm interested to hear what you have to say about the SDNY part, because to me, that's the most interesting part.
3: Well, this tape, uh, if, if the time stamp on it is correct and it is authentic, and we're still working at Justin News to authenticate this tape. Uh, and what we've done is try to bring in a, a law enforcement expert who authenticates voices on tapes to tell us is that really Hunter Biden? Compare it against public samples, and we'll know in a day or two. But if it's authentic and the timestamp is uh, accurate, it occurs in that time frame when Devin Archer, that business partner, is about to get his justice. The U.S. Uh, attorney in New York is indicted uh, Devin Archer and Devin Archer is threatening to call Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and expose all the things that went on in the Biden family. And Hunter's panicked. And I think that what's striking about this uh, early on, the narrative that the media and the defenders of Joe Biden had is Joe Biden, even if Hunter was up to something, Joe Biden had no idea. And Hunter Biden probably had no idea that he was dealing with people who are bad or had national security interests or wanting to compromise him. You now know, if this is Hunter Biden's voice, Hunter Biden knew he was doing business with somebody he calls the spy chief of China. He knew who he was making millions off of. And we can go back to another episode that you know gets glossed over. In in the impeachment testimony last year, when they were trying to impeach uh, uh, President Trump, George Kent, the deputy chief of mission for the State Department in Ukraine, testified. He went to Joe Biden's office directly in 2015 and said, hey, we have a problem in Ukraine. Your son working for a corrupt Ukrainian uh, company at the same time you're overseeing anti-corruption policy in Ukraine is creating a conflict of interest that's undercutting our efforts in Ukraine, the U.S. policy in Ukraine. It fell on deaf ears. Joe Biden's team didn't want to hear about it. But what we now knew when you take those points together is the Biden family knew exactly what the consequences of their behavior were. They knew who they were in bed with. They knew who uh, these people probably had bad intentions, might later compromise them in, in government. And yet they allowed this system to go on. It's a question of judgment first, even before you get to the legal questions. Joe Biden didn't use good judgment. Russia, China, Ukraine, Kazakhstan, they're always looking to compromise American politicians. And the Biden family, let go on. And that is now clear. I mean, when Hunter Biden talks so candidly, you now know he knew what he was doing and he knew who he's in bed with. And his father, as the vice president, should have stood up and said no. And instead, he let the whole racket go on.
0: Yeah, it would it would seem to me that anyone doing business with the Chinese Communist intelligence knows they know what they're getting into. It's hard to think that anybody would not know what they're getting into.
3: There has to be a red bell that just goes off. Red alarm saying, you know, danger, Will Robertson, danger, Will Robertson. But (laughs) if Biden family. Money seemed to be more important than uh, uh, d- the personal dangers they might be taking, the risks they were taking. And also, there didn't appear to be anyone concerned about the appearance of a conflict of interest that would undercut America's prestige in Ukraine. Ukraine is the most cr- one of the most corrupt countries in the world. The idea that the vice president's son would be allowed to f- serve on one of those corrupt companies and work to help that company get off the hook in their un- while they're under investigation create such an appearance, such a lack of prestige for American crane. I think that's where Joe Biden's responsibility comes in. He failed America by not resolving that conflict of interest and putting an end to it.
0: Yeah. Let me ask you one more thing on the Hunter thing. Uh, you know, when, when, when the networks got a hold of the Melania tapes or her talking about, uh, Christmas or whatever it was right. a month or they played them like they were the, um, you know, the, like the Watergate tapes again. Uh, how do you call yourself a news outlet this these days when you won't cover news i mean this will not be covered anywhere no one else will hear these tapes you know i know you're working authenticated and that's what you should be doing obviously but right, uh, right. E- even once that's done you won't hear that anymore but but on just the news or on here how, how do these news outlets consider themselves news outlets still
3: well, listen, I think the American people are increasingly are giving up on the mainstream media. You see it in the polling data. You see it in the numbers. You see it in the in the ridicule that news organizations now get. Listen, NPR, a government-funded news outlet, won't allow its readers to see one side of a story. Um, the American public is far smarter than we media elites. And when I say that, I mean the people running these news organizations think. Uh, if If Facebook, Twitter, and the New York Times think that they have suffocated this story. They don't understand the current ecosystem by which people share and talk and understand what's going on. The only thing they're doing—they're not depriving the American people because the American people are getting it through other uh, sites like, like your great TV network here and the Justice News and other places. But they are bringing shame upon themselves. They're eroding the trust of the thing. I was on—I uh, did an interview with Alan Dershowitz, a liberal Harvard professor. 1960s icon of freedom, and he, he said that the, the New York Times has lost its perch as a journalistic icon because of its ignorance of the Hunter Biden story. I agree with him. And, you know, he's a lefty. He likes uh, liberals. He, he doesn't—he's not going to vote for Donald Trump. He's been a longtime reader of the New York Times. That's the sort of prestigious reader the New York Times and other media are now losing because of this absolute insane, insane censorship and ignorance, willful ignorance. Of a, of a newsworthy story
0: last time you were on i asked you you said it would be malpractice for george stephanopoulos not to ask um, <laughs> him questions that first night that the emails broke of course he didn't um yeah. but let me ask you one other question about the polls and in the election obviously we're a week away Are Democrats getting too confident in the polls that they're seeing and are Republicans getting too confident in the eye test, meaning the rallies and the parades and the cars and the boats and that stuff? Um, Are both sides doing the same thing? And really, this is uh, should we consider this a toss up going in or where where do you think we are?
3: Yeah, listen, the race is a toss up. It's going to be very close. Um, there are two things going on. There's the spin optics game. And for the Biden uh, folks who don't have a lot of enthusiasm in their base, uh, I think uh, the poll we did showed a two to one ratio that Trump voters are two to one more enthusiastic about their candidate than Joe Biden. They have to spin the poll because they don't want to scare people away from not voting. If they think it's a fait accompli that Biden's going to lose, they won't show up. Donald Trump, facing the 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 polling numbers has to show strength through these extraordinary big crowds that he can draw in all of these battleground states all of that's great optics it's all playing for heartstrings of america but the only thing that matters the only way elections are won is which party gets their voters out to the polls most now this year that means a lot more mail-in votes but still a lot of people showing up on november 3rd and this election will be decided not by boat parades not by the last minute polls It will be decided by which party gets the most people out to vote for their candidates at the polls. It's the way it's been since the country was formed. It's the brilliance of our uh, founding fathers. But get out the vote. will decide this race. And right now, both sides are working day and night to turn out the vote. Democrats are focused on early voters and mail-in voters. They have a slight advantage there. Donald Trump is uh, uh, focusing on the people that are showing up at the polls in the last week and including on Election Day. He appears to have an advantage there. And I'll make a prediction. I think one of the deciding things that may come in in some of these close battleground states are our military absentee votes that come in from overseas. This race could be that close that those votes could make a difference in who is our next president
0: it seems to me that you're seeing a lot of reporting and i don't know if it's true that the the so-called democratic advantage they should have right now doesn't seem to be nearly as big as some people would thought would have thought in some areas republicans are gaining ground making up closing the gaps do you see any of that reporting and do you, do you put any weight in any of that
3: Listen, the Trafalgar poll, which has done a very good job in the battleground states, it's not, you know, nationally, national numbers are national numbers, but it all comes down to which battleground states you're going to win. Is it Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Iowa, uh, Minnesota, uh, Arizona, uh, North Carolina, Florida? Those are the the big prizes. Uh, Trafalgar showed today that Trump is now up in Pennsylvania for the first time. That is a big shift. What it means is that the race is very close and that Uh, there is a small number of undecided people that are going to break in the final several days of this election uh uh, there if joe biden was really believe the polls that he was up 8 10 13 points nationally he wouldn't be out there campaigning emergency like we've seen him today he wouldn't be dropping 20 to 50 million dollars in ads in certain states Uh, joe biden knows that this is a death fight to the very end and uh, he's acting like it's a close race and Donald Trump clearly is with his four, five, six events a day that he's doing. These candidates are out to win it. And uh, it's all going to turn out to who gets the most people out to the polls. I suspect uh, in the last few days that Donald Trump's momentum has picked up since the last debate, since the Hunter Biden stories have come out, since Joe Biden has made a couple of gaffes. There seems to be a small uh, momentum shift towards Trump. The question is, will it be enough to overcome that period in September where Joe Biden had lots of uh, positive press after the first debate? Yeah.
0: Well, we'll keep following all the reporting. Obviously, on just adjust the news and we'll hopefully we'll be able to talk to you on election night. And as always, thank I'd you very it. much for, uh, well, more than a few moments tonight. Thank you very much.
3: Ah, My pleasure. The great John
0: Solomon from Just the News here live from Studio 6B. Uh, Rudy Giuliani will be here on Thursday. Uh, what do you take from that? Well, he's just a
1: great reporter. I, I just uh, wish there was a few other questions. I would have loved to have asked him. That uh, virologist, Dr. Yang uh, Lemeng, who was on uh, Tucker, and she got suppressed. I just would love to know, if is there any... Does Fox take any pressure from big corporations like Disney? Because Disney owns a piece of Fox now through that big merger. And can that corporate interest suppress like real whistleblowers like that. Because, you know, I read somewhere along the way that Disney in Hong Kong was shut down immediately.
0: And this is the doctor, the just mind. to be clear. This has nothing to do with Hunter Biden. This is the doctor it, on in the way, COVID.
1: Yeah, but I think it does have a little bit of a relationship because the, it was made in Wuhan, and the Wuhan attack on America was also part of a coup to kill our president and our economy. You know, this was a full-blown assault, in my opinion. This was a, an attack you know, without a gunshot. Sh- you know, like, to me, I still see this as a, an act of, of war in, without getting too much hyperbole. I just feel like there's something there. I would love to know if he had any research on that. And I would just love to also know if, if there's any evidence that through all these dealings with China and this corrupt Biden crime family, at any where were, were military secrets really sold? And if so, were there any documents that prove that? Because I've seen a lot of... Sp- things about it but not from a real journalist like him or you know to me like i want i need i need it from a guy like john solomon i need my news from the epoch times you know just there's very few places i trust anymore the federalist but they're not doing the kind of reporting on the ground that these patriots are doing i mean because to me they are the they're the last line of defense we have so you know, if he's still watching, I hope he knows how much I appreciate him.
0: Rick uh, Rick Delgado, what'd you take from that?
5: Um, Very interesting. I'd love to get his perspective maybe next time around on, you know, and, and even if this is a story still, this whole Hunter Biden thing is, is because he's been so entrenched in DC for such a long time, right? I mean, are there things that he's heard that he's tried to sniff out? And later, you know, he's been able to say, oh, wow, this turned out that I should have kept going down this road. Because I was on the right track, you know. we had would heard whispers about Hunter doing this, or or John Kerry's son doing this. You know what I mean? And, and then, of course, he brings up the the Southern District of New York. Oof. What's going on there? How come? Obviously, they were reaching out to uh, to Hunter. How come nobody has has uh, has broken that story?
0: Yeah, that's the part I thought I found me most too. interesting. He's saying the SDNY is reaching out to me. Yeah,
1: I right. This is the same, you know district attorney right who with the Maxwell thing and the yep. um you know Berman who was blocking all kinds of you know um you know charges and then next thing you know the, you know they fire him and just so much is funneled through that office it's it's really astounding to me how corrupt everything truly is and how yeah, it it's truly astounding
0: off. yeah can we get it back on well that uh, well yeah we'll we'll have them on i'm sure you know we'll definitely have them on election night and maybe even before that if anything breaks so um all right live from studio six speed glad you're in john was nice enough to give us almost 23 minutes there so fantastic stuff and um that's why you got to be locked into just the news every day it should be the first place you go should be the first place you go in the morning every morning it should be the first place you go it's what i do it's where i start my day uh Whether their Twitter feed or go right to the uh, right to the site and see what's going on. So, um, all right. So there's other things today. Uh, I got a bunch of crazy towns, (laughs) a bunch of great stuff. There's a lot of stuff. But um,
1: please tell me Kamala on that stage (laughs) is on Kamala. Please. Oh you know, you no,
0: I don't have have that because I didn't see what you guys saw. saw
1: Everybody saw it, but you. Well, you guys thought she was drunk. (laughs) She, She was drunk. She, Either she that came or off- she's another bad... Unless she has, unless she has Bidenitis. Well,
0: uh, yeah, she's hanging around Joe. Have you no, noticed? No, come on. She was 200 wrecked. 200
1: million dead. She was wrecked. She came off a little loaded. Come on, know. man. We should... Come on, man. <laughs> That's
0: my quarterback. Well, let's go... Um, <laughs> let's go <laughs> crazy town 145. G, let's go crazy town 145. This was Joe's day put into... Um, well, put into crazy town uh, as only we can yesterday. <laughs> Roll that.
6: I learned. I used, to say, I used to say, Joey, nobody's better than you, but you're no better than anybody else. Yep. Maybe it's a scranton. I got a little bit of a chip on my shoulder worried about whether they can make next month's mortgage payment well it is what it is because he is who he is that's why it is what it is he is who he is <laughs> you know remember when he, he went on and decided to like convince bob woodward what a smart guy he was So you want yeah smart guy i'll need an effective strategy to mobilize true international pressure, isolate and punish china Folks, chewing international an of a depressor, isolated and punished China. Donald, hey, care. Donald Trump thinks health care. Well, I'm sick and tired of smart guys. i got to admit. i got to admit. It's all within our power. It's all within our power.
5: He is a ranting Why lunatic. we there,
6: man. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> to send every single person qualified to community college free. Community. Community college free. And if I keep going you're going to freeze your fingers off. It wasn't It wasn't Donald Trump had to deliver on a damn thing he said he'd do. <laughs> <laughs> True international effort to pressure, isolate and punish China.
0: <laughs> oh,
5: God. oh God! What was wow. that? Yes. Community College. You know, I hear they have a good basketball
0: team. <laughs> <laughs>
5: this is the first. Sub.
0: Uh, that was yesterday. Well, and it didn't. It didn't get any better today. Here's uh, the only thing missing from that was "stay off my lawn." Put, <laughs> put that picture up, G. If you if you came across if you came across this picture, picture one, Rick. If you came across this that, picture, what, what would you think you've just come across? It
1: uh, looks like freedom to me. It looks like a looks just like freedom.
0: With, like, the fire pit thing there. It, it looks like it could be a, a gathering of some kind of... Uh, UFO convention yeah, or something. Yeah, right. it exactly. Be, it could be a UFO convention. Just that's what I was thinking. Either
5: that or the, or the wackos who show up every, twice Walt. a year at Stonehenge.
0: <laughs> yeah, it could be a Stonehenge convention or something. could be something. There's something going on here that's not... Uh, that you probably don't want to be a part of or there's not a lot, whole lot of uh well so here's um...
1: Scientology meeting
0: here's what it was cut 14 now you can just feel the momentum here and as we head into Tuesday here is the former vice president of the United States Rology.
5: G oh the live music
0: and is that George Floyd playing? This is uh, <laughs> George, George Kirby. George Kirby. George playing. Kirby, yes. This is, the, is the big think. entrance. Yeah. All right. This is the Joe Biden version of Woodstock. <laughs> this is the, Joe's, Joe's big entrance here. It's Biden stock. Joe's big entrance into the uh, circles there. There's 40, 40 people there. Is
5: he just going to walk off into the woods now? No, <laughs> no. he
0: makes it. <laughs> he he actually wish. makes it onto the stage. That's good, G. He's gonna, we'll get a picture of him walking through the woods like well, this Bigfoot. Is, this is why my question to, to uh, Mr. Solomon about what, we, what we're seeing as opposed to... Because, I mean, Trump's walking into 30,000 people every day, three times a day. It's like yeah. a rock concert. It's, I mean, it's just incredible. And this is, uh, this is the other guy. Yeah,
5: and you get more Trump supporters showing up and heckling uh, Biden's uh, events than Biden actually has supporters show up.
0: It's, un- it's really unbelievable. It's, why it's, it's, it's actually my biggest worry, and that's why I asked John, and I'm going to ask Eric Greitens too when he joins us, is that are we um, – is the left getting too hung up on the poll numbers from CNN? Woohoo, we're up 52 today. You know, that's that nonsense. And on the other side, our Trump supporters are all we getting caught up in this. Well, there was 400 miles of cars and flags. And, and in the end, does any of it really matter?
1: Yes, it matters.
0: Is it just going to come down to anybody but Trump? Like that woman said.
5: Yeah. The question, though, Damon, I think is when you look at that person, the anybody but Trump woman, is she willing to stand outside for three to four hours just to vote? I submit to you, probably not. She'll probably give up and be like, "Ugh, I don't don't even care. Meanwhile, Trump supporters will stand outside for hours just waiting to even get started on a caravan that he's not going to be at. So I think, I think the advantage in terms of because they're expecting long lines election day and, and even, the, even the early voting, people are going to wait.
0: Well, Paul, said, you said you went to go vote today.
1: Yeah, I went. I got there a half hour before the polls opened. And uh, it was about a two-hour wait, uh, an hour and a half wait. And I left my wife on the, on the line, and I went to the gun shop and picked up my new <laughs> AR-15. <laughs>
5: All of a sudden, he's at the front of the line. Of hollow points. <laughs> <laughs> no, sir, you can go first. Go ahead. <laughs>
0: no, yeah, yeah. Front of, front of the line, sir. Front of the line. Go right ahead. Yeah. So, <laughs> Well, I drove, I drive by a, an early polling place on my way to the studio, and I'm telling you, the line was all the way down one street, turned the corner, and all the way down another one. It was, I mean, it was just incredible. And, um. You're seeing, and I don't, again, I don't know much about it, I'm not a pollster, duh, but I keep seeing reports of places like Florida, places like Wisconsin, places like Michigan, where the Democrats are supposed to have this um, huge advantage in mail-in votes coming back and the gap's supposed to be whatever it's supposed to be. and All the reporting says, well, it's just not, it's just not there. Republicans have closed the gap in a lot of these places. And, I, and they've actually taken, I think Kaylee McEnany tweeted today that in Wisconsin, the Republicans now have taken the lead yeah. in, um, in mail-in ballots that have come back. when they look at the numbers.
1: Yeah, I,
5: I, think, I think everybody got this, uh, I don't know, this false sense of, well, when it comes to mail-ins, uh, only Democrats know how to do that. No. Republicans know how to do it, too. So do independents. And, and just because Democrats might be getting their votes in, it doesn't mean they're voting Democrat. See, and that, that's another thing I think people don't understand as well. Um, because we have seen so many people say, you know what, this Democratic Party does not represent me anymore. I don't know what they're doing, but it's not this. And so they, they might be pulling that lever or, or sending in their ballot for, you know, our big guy. Not theirs. All
0: right, live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday night. Glad you're in. Hey, let me say happy birthday to my dad.
5: Hey. hey happy happy birthday, birthday, dad. Happy today. birthday,
0: Damon's daddy. Big, Big Bobo is um, 53. So he's, uh, no. He's, uh, well, happy birthday. So why don't you all wish my dad happy birthday, you ingrates, I before I have happy to say birthday. it. we did. I just
1: did. We did. Paul? Paul doesn't say
5: it. No,
0: Paul
1: no. won't say it. Nah, I don't He's like the Scrooge. <laughs> <laughs> I like happy him.
5: He's birthday, one of my Twitter
0: followers. Hey birthday, Bobo. Yes. Okay. So, happy birthday to happy Dad. Happy birthday. So, uh, 35, 35 past the hour. Uh, let's go to our DC studios. Please welcome the host of Actionable Intelligence. It can be seen right here every day on Real America's Voice, 6 to 7 p.m. Uh, he is a uh, former Navy SEAL. I don't like saying former Navy SEAL. When you're a Navy SEAL, damn it, you're a Navy SEAL. That's it. Yeah, uh, the host of Actionable Television. <laughs> yeah, you're a badass <laughs> patriot all the time. Uh, please welcome Eric Greitens to live from Studio 6B. Mr. Greitens, how are you?
7: Hey, Damon. I'm awesome, man. Great to to be on with you. Thanks for having
0: me. It's great to have you. Uh, First of all, thank you very much for your service. And um, to Uh, the audience seeing you for the first time, tell tell the audience a little bit. Not only were you a Navy SEAL, but you've served the country in many other ways as a former uh, executive of this country and a former governor.
7: Well, thanks, man. Yeah, first of all, mo- most importantly, let me also add my happy birthday to your dad. Some, <laughs> so, so, so easy. We want to make sure he's getting the love all around, yes. getting the love everywhere. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I, you know, I was, I was honored to serve as a Navy SEAL. Uh, did four deployments in the global war on terrorism. Wow. Uh, really, you know, in, enjoyed that. Worked with an incredible team uh, of guys in, in Iraq, Afghanistan, Southeast Asia, Horn of Africa. I came back. Uh, from Iraq after my team had been hit by a suicide truck bomb. I was really fortunate, my wounds were, were minor, but a lot of guys were hurt far worse than I was. So when I came home, uh, I donated my combat pay, started an organization to help returning veterans by helping them to continue to serve again here at home. So uh, we put them to work as, as martial arts coaches, working at Habitat for Humanity, you know, mentoring young kids. And what happened, of course, was that, as these men and women, some of whom had you know, they'd lost eyesight, they'd lost limbs, they'd been severely injured. But when you give somebody a renewed sense of purpose, right, they they, they attack the mission in front of them. So I did that for, for a good number of years when I came home. And then I watched what was happening to to the country and to my home state in Missouri, uh, ran for and, and served the people of Missouri as, as governor. So uh, I've, I've, I've been honored to, to serve in a lot of different ways. And now, i'm excited that we've got this great show actionable intelligence that we're we're bringing to folks uh, right here on real america's voice as you said at, at six o'clock eastern every night that's 1800 uh for every all of our, our military <laughs> veterans out there yeah. uh, 1700 central but we're having a lot of fun on the show man
0: no absolutely we've been watching it's fantastic and again thank you for your sir i'm always amazed to talk to We've had Mark Geist on the show, who of course was a big part over in Benghazi. It's just amazing to listen to your stories like that and stories of how many deployments and going and serving the country and listening to Mark's story about getting that night and and almost not getting out of there and and what the fire they came under and the story you just told us. uh, I mean, it's it's really just incredible. And I, I have to assume that's what, when you look at this election... And, um, you know, you hear people say everything's on the line and, and it's, in some ways it's weird to have to say that because really with our constitutional Republic, it really, everything really should never be on the line in one election. It's just an election, right? And it's, yeah. it's got to mean a lot when you look at what's going on on the other side and think, you know, let, we need to preserve this country.
7: Yeah, look, I, I think it's, it's an incredibly important election. And I think one of the things that does come from, from service to the country is a true appreciation for not just not just all of the people who serve, but for America. I mean, you go, you serve in places like Iraq, Afghanistan, Southeast Asia, the Horn of Africa. You come home and you realize, it sounds like a cliche, but this is a special country. And generation after generation has had to fight for freedom. Generation after generation have faced incredible challenges. But now we're at a point where unfortunately a lot of people on the left are just rejecting basic American values. I mean, unless it were actually happening, I don't think that a year ago, people would believe that a major political party in the United States had major leaders saying that you should defund the police. That you'd have people letting rioters back out loose onto the streets, that you'd have arson, that you'd have people who are peacefully praying being beaten in the streets. But that's what we watched all summer. That's what's continuing to happen. And um, I think think there is a tremendous amount at stake. And I, I heard what you guys were talking about. I also think that because of the censorship, that has been that's come out. You got a lot of censorship from big tech. You've seen it from Facebook. You've seen it from Twitter. You've also seen people who go out and express a conservative point of view or even just a simple pro police point of view being attacked. I think it's driven a lot of the president's supporters underground. I don't think they're being picked up uh, in the polls. And so I think that everybody needs to watch real close on election night.
0: Yeah. You know, as as a former governor and obviously ex- an executive making decisions, when you look yeah. at this president, you can probably appreciate better than most. But I think, you know, one of the things I've always said that the left doesn't like about Donald Trump, they can say, oh, that's the way he tweets or he makes fun of Meeker Brzezinski and all this nonsense. But I think it's because he's effective. He's an effective leader. He has made decisions. He has been effective. If he wasn't effective, they would just wait him out and do, you know, try to install one of their radicals like they're trying to do now with Biden. And um, but he's really has been effective securing the border, building up the military, supporting police, all of the things that they seem to be against right now. Isn't really that when you look at him, you must appreciate how effective he's been in his decision making.
7: Damon, the swamp hates people who think independently. The swamp hates people who are bold. The swamp hates people who are courageous, who actually do what they promise that they're going to do. I mean, you look at what this president has done, you can take a whole bunch of examples, but take something really simple, even like moving the American embassy to Jerusalem. What did you see? The entire foreign policy establishment came out, including a lot of Republicans in the foreign policy establishment. They said, well, you can't actually keep that promise. I mean, administration after administration had promised that they would do it. They didn't do it. And when the president was going to do it. They said, you can't actually keep your promise. If you keep your promise to the American people, if you keep your promise to our allies, it's going to lead to World War III. What happened? President Trump did it. And then now what's happening? Again, you look overseas, historic peace deals with the United Arab Emirates, historic peace deals with Bahrain, with Sudan, right? All of these things are happening, and those are effective foreign policy achievements. The same thing. You look back here, you've got a president who's willing to stand up for our police officers. And it drives not only the left crazy, but it also drives the swamp crazy when they have a leader who they can't control, who's willing to think for himself and act boldly.
0: Yeah. You know what you just brought up is one is a great point, because it seems to me that the Obama era Middle East peace Um, It was really has been really proven to be an an abject failure. And I can't think of Joe Biden being asked one damn question about it. This whole the little the the lack of foreign policy questions or even on either side, even of the president and what he's achieved in this whole uh, cycle has really been unbelievable,
7: hasn't it? Well, Well, Damon, remember the historically the third debate is all about foreign policy. But then they went in and they changed all of the topics. I mean, if they'd actually been talking about foreign policy, then they would have had to talk about the fact that when Obama and Biden left office, ISIS, the Islamic State was strong. That, that entire terrorist network was strong. They controlled an area about the size of Pennsylvania. And what happened? the president came in using special operations largely in a very effective way using American air power using American intelligence assets he took the fight to Isis and he defeated them he was also willing to kill major Iranian commanders who'd been responsible for the deaths of thousands of Americans he was willing to act boldly and those things are important they're important not just to military families they're important not just to veterans but they're important to people around the country. And you're exactly right. The left has avoided talking about the Obama-Biden record on foreign policy, and they certainly haven't wanted to talk about the president's record.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about a couple domestic policy things. You know, you look at where we are with energy, energy independent. It's really quite, you know, just a matter of four or five years, six years ago, no one ever thought we would even be able to achieve that. And you listen to Joe Biden, he's kind of demagogued on his rhetoric, depending on where he thinks he is with the polls. He's all over the place. Number one, do you think his comment at the end of the third debate uh, can move the needle at all with any, well, specifically, I guess, in Pennsylvania, and Texas, and places like that? Um, and do you think it matters to voters that he's kind of all over the place, depending where he sees himself?
7: Yeah. First of all, like to to, to your first question, do I think it matters? Yes. I mean, there are only so many people out there who haven't made up their mind yet. But when you see former Vice President Biden saying that he's going to ban fracking, he's going to ban fracking, he's going to ban fracking, and then he changes his mind. What it sounds to them like, regardless of the issue of fracking, is just a reminder. This is how politicians talk this is how typical politicians who've been in dc for decades talk first they're for something and then they're against it and then they're against it and then they're for it and they don't know where they stand so i mean I think it certainly hurts him on the specific issue of energy in states like Pennsylvania. But even more than that, at the end of the day, people are looking, they're going to have to make a decision between President Trump, former Vice President Biden. And you've got President Trump versus a guy who's been in Washington for decades and stills talking like a politician. And I think that those things do matter to people as they, as they go to the polls.
0: Yeah. I think the other thing that should matter is that, you know, the Democrats are making no bone about what they see they, they basically are, have right. come out and said in no in no such terms hey we're gonna get rid of the filibuster we may add senators yep. we um we're gonna ch- we're gonna change everything about the staples of government that you that that we were founded on everything we we love we'll take over to the ju- judiciary if we have to the, par- our, the our party is going to become the
7: government if it was up to them yep yeah, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna pack the Supreme Court and all of that stuff. At the at the end of the day, like it's scary to Americans who are really paying attention, who believe in the Constitution right, who recognize that historically, right, we've had differences between Democrats and Republicans for (laughs) going back, going back for centuries. Right. But we've always had a sense that people had a basic understanding of the Constitution and they were willing to honor basic understandings about how the republic worked. And it's clear now that the left is willing to throw a lot of those things out at an even more visceral level, I mean, because there you're talking about like lots of things that might happen in D.C., the filibuster, the Supreme Court. At an even more basic level, right, the- basic deal of government that all of the founders understood was that people freely give their consent to the government and in return the government's able to do things like protect their life their liberty and their property and the left's attack against the police i think is going to cost them dearly in the election i think people across the country are really concerned about what they're seeing from the left and all of this anti-police rhetoric
0: yeah well, we're seven days to go. I asked John Solomon this question. I'll ask you the same. Do you feel like the left gets, is getting too caught up right now, a little overconfident in the polls, every poll telling them they're 16, 17 points up, and do you think sometimes the right we're getting too caught up in what we see with our eyes when we look at these rallies and the thousands of people and the boat parades and the car parades, and here we are seven days out, and really we should be playing like it's pretty much a toss-up. Do you think that's where we are?
7: Well, look, I I think anybody uh, who runs in in, in any election needs to run every day as hard as you can, all the way through the finish line. And I certainly think conservatives need to be doing that across the country, uh, no matter what. I can tell you this, I don't believe a lot of those polls for some of the reasons that that we talked about before. And I actually think that when you see them bringing up this pole and this pole and this poll, what it actually bespeaks is a little bit of desperation. I think what mm-hmm. they're trying to do in some cases is actually to try and sap the motivation of some conservatives and say oh gosh it's already done biden's already won we don't need to go out go out and vote but the fact is this election is not going to be decided till every vote is counted and everybody needs to get out there and vote
0: yeah and they need to bring 10 people with them so <laughs> well um eric thank you so much for giving us a few moments you actionable bet, intelligence every day six to seven right here on real america's voice great guests great
7: stuff and uh thank you very much Thanks, man. Good to be on with you. Keep having fun. Absolutely. Love to have you
0: back on, too. Uh, Eric Wrighton's here on Live from Studio 6B. Man, fantastic. We got to steal that name of his show. You love that name. That I name know is that. awesome. So,
1: <laughs> so from now on, we're going to just call this actionable to, and, until he shows up and beats the daylights out <laughs> yeah. of all of us. He kills me with she his thumb. Five seconds. Yeah. I, I going <laughs> to say. I mean, you, gizzard you, with his thumb. Did yes. you look
5: at the guy? Even just looking at him on TV, you're like, oh, he's
1: a Navy SEAL. You could tell. <laughs> don't make eye, yeah. Don't make <laughs> eye contact, <laughs>
0: yeah, please. <laughs> just yeah, I, I mean, I'll he, do my show, and you guys, was, you, you four bozos, do yours. Right. Gonna, email we're on. not
1: going to steal your name, sir. We're, I'm going to send you a bump cake. I was just kidding. Yeah.
0: yeah he, he was smiling, but that's because
5: he's like, yeah, you're easy. Yeah, you're not. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm poop bigger than you, boy.
0: Well, uh, Why don't you guys come visit the DC studio? We'll see how it goes.
1: <laughs> well, thanks.
0: Okay, the president's speaking at nine. So, um, <laughs> in Nebraska. Okay, so uh, let's do some news. Then we'll do some sports. And then we'll do what even is that? We've got a good plan here. So um, we have <laughs> we're, we're, we're on show. just on social media. We're not on the yeah. network because the network, I guess, is covering the rally right now, and we'll probably cover the rally right through ten o'clock. So,
1: is there any way we could cut over to Tucker Carlson? No, we will not <laughs> DVR, Paul. DVR, Dad, DVR Paul. Our, our whole social media audience is talking about DVR and Tucker because they love us so much. Yes, right? you uh, know we, we, we get a, say thank We actually everyone. get a
0: lot of that. Yeah. I get a lot of that on Twitter. I DVR Tucker and Hannity to watch you guys from eight to ten. That's uh, tremendous. I, I just got myself fired. So yeah, you might you might have actually. So welcome to the club. Paul. So on your last night here, here was this final news presentation. <laughs> well, I'm going to go out with a bang. Is, uh, <laughs> uh, this the is one reported by uh, Alex Jones. I guess I'm paying news getting. tomorrow. He well, was just great. on Joe Rogan. <laughs> Oh, Alex was Jones he? was on Joe Rogan's podcast today. Uh, I, I guess believe.
1: Rogan's desperate for ratings now that his uh, podcast has been censored and he stinks again.
0: Let me tell you, I, I haven't watched it yet, but the but the clips I've seen, of have posted, everybody's like, it's the most sense we've, here, the guy's, he was right on the money. Like,
1: he's been right on the money like, about so much, making but he's sense. such a jerk.
0: Not over the top, I guess there's a little bit of craziness, but uh, I have to watch it. Because He's they say has been it was... right
1: on so much stuff, though. But you know, he, it's just the way he approaches it all. And then he goes so far into it, like la la land. It's like you know, you can't listen to him.
0: Yeah, I know. I hate when that happens. When people around you do that. All right, let's do the news here. I might not. I am not. You <laughs> know what? I, re- this really I resemble my last remark. night. I
1: just want you guys to know I loved you very much. This has been a great ride, and uh thank just you.
0: Please on. read. Uh, <laughs> The a news. majority of
1: likely voters, including the near majority of Democrats, say social media companies will censor information harmful to Biden, um, the Biden campaign and lead up to next week's election. According to our friend John Solomon and Scott Rasmussen at just the news poll, a total of 57 likely voters say the scenario will likely occur. while 29 percent disagree. The remaining 14 were unsure. So it worked out to very likely 37 percent believe that somewhat likely was 20 percent. Not very likely. Was 16. Not likely at all. Uh, DTS lunatics, and then 14%. Uh, there were, you know, it was not sure. So, one thing that was notable is uh, a near majority of Democrats, 46%, say such companies as Facebook and Twitter will censor content on behalf of Biden. Among non-white voters, meanwhile, 50% black voters and 69% of Hispanic voters believe tech companies would se- would censor for democrat Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden. So it's a John McLaughlin was smart people.
0: John McLaughlin uh, was on 16G. Was on with I believe our our own Carrie Sheffield. Speaking of just the news and great shows on Real America's Voice. She's on each day nine to ten a.m. and she had John McLaughlin on and they were talking about just this. Right, run run that clip.
8: I think they're being biased. And Mm -hmm. and the fact is, even though they're a private company, they have a special exemption in the law. Under, under Rule 230 that they, they can't be sued, like a newspaper could be sued if you carry something that you know is not true. They've got an exemption from that because it's a platform for people to express their thoughts and opinions, et cetera. So, okay, so they don't wanna be liable for what you say or anyone else says on their platform. So why would you give that platform to some people and censor other people? We've, we've been tracking the, the early voting And a lot of Democrats have cast their ballots by mail or in person, and now the Republican votes are coming. The Democrats came out early, and the Democrats have leads in a lot of these states based on party registration, party affiliation, and they're trying to stop the Republicans from coming out. They just don't want to have this week, the next seven days when the Republicans are going out to vote, and especially on November 3rd when Republicans are going out to vote and Trump voters are going out to vote, they want to do their best. To uh, discourage turnout, they 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 and not encourage the uh, the Republicans from from voting. So, it's a uh, uh, you know as they'd like to say it's all over. You're going to see all sorts of uh, contrasts in polls. Where honest polls will have a close race, uh, biased polls will say that the Democrats have won. It's over. And uh, we went through this four years ago, but it, it's more extreme this time.
0: Yeah. And that's not going to happen because everyone and their mother knows that they need to get out, and you need to get out with five, six, seven, ten people with you because this is—it's all on the line. And like I said, it's—it's it's weird to even have to say that, given the—the—the the, 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 um, brilliance of our founding documents and, and this constitutional republic that we live in. No, never, ever should it be that everything's on the line. It should just be another election, and you have checks and balances, and everybody doesn't get maybe what they want, and maybe you get you know you have a president you lose the senate or you hold the house and nothing it should never be on the line if if they win all three it's everything's on the line because they have gone so crackpot left lunacy and they're telling you what they're going to do it's truly crazy they are going to take over the part their party the party is going to become the government we're going to take over the judiciary we're going we're gonna to pack the Supreme Court. We'll ruin that. We'll think about getting rid of the Electoral College. We'll add states. We'll add senators.
1: Listen, that's where revolution will come in play because people do not want this country to be communist, and they see it now. No. People like me were raving about this is a communist takeover. For 10 years now, I've been screaming about it. 12 years, I've been yelling about it. People are like, you're nuts. You can never come to our shores. It can't happen. Well, it's here. It's now. They're emboldened. It's here. It's now. We are in the fight for our liberty. It's here. It's now. It's crazy that this happened. We're talking like this. I don't think people are going to roll over. I think so many people, that's why we're seeing these lines around the buildings. Everybody looked like me. Everybody looked like you. Everybody was just there with their regular working man clothes on and they were online in the drizzling, wet, damp rain. Not budging, smiling, waiting for their chance to say, to be heard.
0: Well, let's hope so. And I mean, uh, John McLaughlin said that they had the Democrats have these advantages that we keep talking about in this mail early mail in voting but I'm not am seeing reports that some of them are not nearly as big as people thought they'd be and, and especially in places like Florida Republicans yeah. have closed the gap Wisconsin I believe they've now overtaken I'm going to look that up uh, I think Kaylee Macaney tweeted today that they had, they had taken over
5: yeah and they're seeing a huge um, what do you call it influx of uh, you know Hispanic Trump voters across many states, something they weren't expecting. And again, that's a huge voting block. You know, everybody talks about the black vote, but I think the Hispanic, the Hispanic population um, is bigger. So you, you really have to... Uh, okay, if, if, if Trump gets that, you know, a, as I'm predicting, I predicted, um, between 30 and 40% of the black vote and then does the same in the Hispanic vote, it is a washout. It is over.
1: Rick, you're... Um, of uh, Hispanic descent at all with yeah. like your family yep. members you know I have family members down in Florida as well who said that the Hispanic community down there is all Trump and I think they say it's so much if it's because of their relationship to Venezuela and Cuba right. and those communities that they are completely petrified they're seeing identical playbook happening here that happened there and they can't believe it and they're talking to their kids um, I don't know how you feel about that but I, I, I'm, I heard that point blank from family members. No, that, that that's what we're seeing all over the place.
5: And, and, and I mean, you know, let's face it, my family's from, uh, half of my family's from Puerto Rico, so I don't have to worry about that part because we're, you know, Commonwealth citizens, what have you. Um, but you hear it enough. There's enough people that we know. And the way the media is playing into this, that's another part that's really alarming these people that have come from those countries, from Cuba, from Venezuela, from, from, from places in Latin America where they've seen how the media gets in bed with these guys, and then all of a sudden these guys turn on the media. So the media here just stupidly is, is following the same trajectory as, as the media from these other countries, and they don't see what's coming down the road that they will be next.
1: Yeah. And then when it happens here, there's nowhere else to go. So it's it's a
5: it's an interesting time, and hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully, people wake up to it. I mean, it's a, it's a little crazy that yeah, you're right, it is happening here. But with the media, you know, walking in lockstep with these people, you know, that's and again, it's because so many people are just busy with life; they don't have the time, they don't they don't see everything that's out there. They they're not picking up on you know the the way the media is spinning. Or hiding stories and not reporting things and giving them the full, you know, here's the full menu. Pick what you want. They're only giving you, you know, they're only giving you here. Here, this is all you can order from. The other two pages, you can't look at those. Why not? There could be something really good on those pages. Too bad. That's what the media wants. They
0: want you to order from this part of the menu. That's it. Nothing more. Republicans now lead in Wisconsin, in number of ballots returned, forty-two percent to thirty-six percent in Wisconsin. So wow. it's not not just lead; it's yeah. a six percentage wow. point lead in that, Wisconsin. Not nice. good enough for me. Let's go. Also, um, new po- she also tweeted: new poll shows um, Trump with a two point lead in Pennsylvania as he makes three rally stops in that state today. That's from political polls on Twitter. Which you should definitely follow. I I follow them more than anyone else at P Polling Numbers uh, on Twitter, and some of the things they put out today. South Carolina, uh, they show it as a well. Now I see some place that have Lindsey Graham up four or five points. They have it right now as a dead heat, forty six forty six. Um, they have that one. They have the they have Florida, Iowa, Biden fifty, Trump forty six. They have Biden plus four. In Iowa, for reference, in November 2016, um, they had Trump up three, 44-41 in Iowa. Trump ended up winning. Um, let's see what else they have. I know in Florida they have the president with a lead. They have the president with a lead in North Carolina, 48-40. Um, what does that say? No, that's tied, 48-48. But that's a five-point shift towards Trump in two weeks. So North, they have North Carolina tied. Michigan, they have Biden up 52-43. They have Biden up nine in Michigan. Nine? Wow. Yep. Nine? That's um, from five hours ago. Then they had, uh, let's I don't know see. how that's possible. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know how it's possible. They have,
1: they, they've, they've been completely abused by their psychopathic governor. I just can't believe it. I just think it's, I just think without fraud... This yep. thing is—I just think there's so much fraud. I mean, I must have seen 30 or 40 articles in the last month about voter fraud. They're going to cheat in Michigan. There's no doubt. Yeah, Pennsylvania too. Philadelphia is so such a
0: crime scene. All right, we're into hour two here. I don't know if the president has started yet, but it looks like he's maybe just coming off the plane. The plane, Air Force One, is on the there you go. Air Force One's on the ground. He has not started yet. I heard a little bit of the president today. He's definitely adapting the speech as we get closer to. Uh, to the election and the videos he's playing at these rallies now are fantastic <laughs> oh my god I mean, that's, that that's, it's, that's, it's that's a great, great touch it's appointment television to watch the rallies for the videos because he leads into the videos is great and then while you're watching it you get his reaction as certain things get said and that's great so the videos are are a home run smash whoever came up with that idea is i love
1: that he's using the lincoln park song too That Lincoln Park song is just—it's just such a great tune, and uh, kind of has a second meaning to a lot of people out there. So, um, well, you know what? It's really good that he's using it,
5: Damon. If you keep praising the uh, the people that came up with that, maybe they'll grab a Crazy
0: Town video and throw it up. Okay, the president's getting off Air Force (laughs) One right now.
1: There he comes. Look at him—the strongest man
0: in the world for his third hour-plus speech rally today.
1: Third. (laughs) He's an animal.
0: And it's just uh, just his energy never ends. Meanwhile, the other guy is – well, I heard, I heard someone make the case that the other guy is if, – if you were senile in, in 78, you, it's not a bad strategy. Keep him yeah. from, well, playing every – you know, I would have no crazy towns, but right. – um all right while we're waiting for the president let's do some sports rick emirati's here what's going on pal i just have to say i I hope for
2: four more years i just enjoy so much listening to that man speak he's so motivating and uh i just want to see him run our country like all of us but i just wanted to say that as he deplanes. uh nascar as i reported at the top of the hour when we came on um inclement weather has pushed the race now till wednesday three o'clock eastern Standard time that'll be on nbc sports you'll be able to pick that up uh too much rain in Texas. Uh, it started to taper off a little bit this evening, but however, they had to cancel. Um, World Series Game Six underway right now. Uh, Tampa Bay is up one to nothing. Um, Arazarina hit a homer in the first to right field and uh, Blake Snell is on the mound. He pitched two perfect innings, so we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Rays are trailing 3-2. to two. They're trying to stave off elimination as the Dodgers attempt to win their first World Series since 1988, Big D. Long time. Okay. Uh, Monday Night Football last night, SoFi Stadium, Inglewood, California. The LA Rams hosted the Chicago Bears and beat them 24-10. to 10. Both teams are now at 5-2. Five, five and two. Jared Goff threw for 219 yards and two touchdowns. It looks like the NFC West... Right Right now is the division in football big day. got a lot of good teams in there. You got three teams with five wins Arizona, Seattle, and the Rams. Well, the um,
0: Rams have looked good this year. Year four in the Sean McVay offense, and they're, um, the offense is much more um, fluid and uh, it's good. Yeah. It's much better this year than before. And Goff's got a rocket on his shoulder. I mean, he's really one of the best throwers of the football in the league. He does. No and question. McVay's a great coach. So. Yeah, Sean McVay's excellent.
2: Um, and AP College Polls came out yesterday. Big D. Clemson, to no, no surprise, is number one at 6-0. and Bama at number two. Roll Tide. They're right behind them at 5-0. and And Ohio State debuts with their win. They're now at number three. They opened at five. Now they're at number three with their win on Saturday. Notre Dame is uh, number four. And Georgia rounds them out. The Bulldogs uh, at number five, sitting at 3-1 and one after their tough loss to Bama two weeks ago. And Trevor Lawrence is now hedging on leaving Clemson uh, press conference earlier today, as uh, Trevor Lawrence spoke with reporters about the Boston College game that's coming up on Saturday. And he was asked about, you know, is he still planning on coming out? And he says, well, you know, we're going to see. He says, uh, my mindset initially was to move on after the end of the season. But a lot of things could change.
0: <laughs> Some people <laughs> in words, are saying the Jets, in have words, him if nervous. the Jets continue to suck as much yeah. as they do. I feel bad for Eric, the great Eric Coleman, by the way. Oh, my God. Could you imagine every week knowing that you got to go try to make that team sound good? Oh, kill me.
5: Well, as long as you know what? He's got to be at least happy he's not on the field. Oh, that would be even
0: worse. I mean, I don't know about that.
2: Yeah. Um, and then Lawrence, uh, you know, they, everybody's saying, you know, here he is. He's going to likely win the Heisman Trophy, probably another national championship. Why wouldn't he want to cash in? Why would he risk injury for a second year? And uh, I don't know, going to the Jets <laughs> just doesn't seem to be. Because he's got weird.
0: no one to throw the ball yeah, to in yeah. New York. If he goes there, they have no weapons. They're a terribly run team. They've got an owner that's just a whack job. Yeah. And uh, why, why is he going to go there? You might as well pull a, pull a Manning and say, oh, no, no, yeah. I'm not, even if they draft, I'm not playing here. Exactly. Get me out of here. This place sucks. Yeah. Team sucks, and they're not going to get any better.
2: And, Big D, that's a wrap in sports for this segment. Next one out round, I'll have Korean baseball standings for you.
0: Okay, well, that's going to depend on the president whether yeah, you have a next round. So. <laughs> okay. But right now, let's do one of my favorite segments here on the show, and that, of course, is Rick Delgado with What Even Is That? All right. Well, let me
5: declare that four score... And well, actually, it was just actually four years ago. Um, everybody's favorite Hillary Clinton and others were asking this question: oh, God. Will Donald Trump accept the results of the 2016 presidential election? Yeah. Well, the good news is, and for the wackos out there that may not have picked it up, the answer was yes a resounding yes. And yes. I know that might seem like news to you, but Donald Trump has accepted the results of that election. Yeah, the election he won. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, he accepted. He's the president. He
5: proudly accepted it, yes. assumed the title, the responsibility, even got the presidential photo to prove it. Since then, he's moved on, and he's fulfilled the, the, that job admirably. So far to date, in that position, he's done more in 47 months. Well, then this guy has done in 47 years yeah we saw the greatest political upset in election history with great victories come the spoils and last night's confirmation of supreme court justice amy coney barrett being just the latest of those spoils now the victor is hailed while the loser well the loser fades away from our memory right yes well that hasn't happened but for some reason She's still here. She didn't get the memo. Good God, look at that yeah. face. She's like the spoiled brat you have to let win every game or they throw a tantrum, and yeah. this one has lasted about four years already. Yeah. Why doesn't she just go away? Yeah. She lost. Get it was out. a two-person race. Yes. She wasn't first. She was last. <laughs> Come on already. What even is that? I can't think of any other time a loser of anything <laughs> been so butthurt that, yeah. they, that they lost, that they just. (laughs) did not accept it yeah okay how about we call you i don't know how about we call you the first loser (laughs) there you go you won won at losing yeah now, will you finally leave us alone? Please. Probably not. No. Um, and now as we edge ever closer to the next presidential election, she just keeps rearing that ugly head. Imagine, <laughs> Just imagine if this happened in sports, yeah. right? Take uh, what happens every four years, the World Cup, yeah. for instance. That's soccer, if you don't know. Um, <laughs> that happens every four years. Yes. 2018, France celebrated what they call a beautiful World Cup victory, and sadly for Croatia, they suffered the loss. Yes. Now, now imagine if we're still being inundated with—I don't know—a complaining Croatia. Ugh. <laughs> All the whining and annoying. Yeah. Maybe they could write a book about how they lost. They'd go on any sports network that would interview them just to talk about why they lost. You know, every few months, there'd be a Croatia complaint. Maybe they'd blame Pele or, or you know, uh, turn around blame David Beckham, or even better, where was the World, Cu- World Cup held that year?
0: Oh, God. Oh,
5: Russia! Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah! You guessed it. Russia, Russia, it Russia. Da- yeah, those damn Ruskies interfering yeah. the way their players played. Simply by being in the country where the game was played. That's what did it. Russia. Yeah. But do we ever hear them complain? No. 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 Nope. Exactly. Why? Because they accepted the outcome and knew they were beaten fair and square within the rules of the game. Yes. Even Croatia, a place, 99.99% of the people on Earth will never visit, couldn't find on a map, and never even think about, yeah, that Croatia is better than Hillary. Yeah. Don't look so surprised, you old bat. <laughs> <laughs> but again, the question is asked this time around. Will Donald Trump accept the results of the election? Well, mm. he already did, but we do have a new election about to happen. So. As the president election, presidential election of 2020 quickly approaches, remember, get out there and vote and at least bring one person with you. And when it comes to the results, let's hope that the supporters, the candidates know that once the game is over, it's over. It's not like a game of you know baseball where the kids down the street are playing and you have to get an extra out because you had to pick one kid's brother or sister <laughs> whose mom said, oh, they have to play, but they suck <laughs> for your team.
0: Yeah. No.
5: <laughs> Once it's over, it's over. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Finito. That's there are it. no do overs, no redos, no extra outs. And if you have a kid who is a sore loser, make sure they learn about this one. <laughs> make sure they learn that they can't win all the time. Everyone yeah. does not always get a trophy. And Hillary, the biggest sore loser ever, let this be the final time we have to tell you. You get nothing, you lose. Good day, sir. Now get out there and vote.
0: Nice. To her, just get out. (laughs) Yes. All right. Rick, they got it. Good job. Good job. All right. Very good. Let's hear uh, hear the president here. Let's dip in and listen to a little of the president's speech tonight. Third one on the day.
9: It was pouring and it was freezing, and it's the coldest right here. I hate to tell you. It's a little later. It's an honor to be with you, I have to say. When we win, you win. Nebraska wins and all of America wins, and that's the way we are
0: Joe Biden
9: spent the last 47 years, think of it, 47, 47 years, outsourcing your jobs, opening your borders, and sacrificing American blood and treasure in endless foreign, ridiculous wars. Countries you've never even heard of. In 2016, Nebraska voted to fire this corrupt political establishment, and you elected an outsider as president who finally put America first. And if I don't sound like a typical Washington politician, it's because I'm not a politician. If I don't always play by the rules of the Washington establishment, It's because I was elected to fight for you, and I fought harder for you than any president who's ever held this wonderful, beautiful office. That I can tell you. This election is a matter of economic survival for Omaha and for communities all across our country. Joe Biden's agenda, and I'm not sure it's Joe Biden's agenda, let's face it. (laughs) It's not his agenda. It sounds nice. Biden's agenda. The guy's shot. Let's say. <laughs> <laughs> He's, shot. He's so gonzo. You saw him yesterday. He's so Took gonzo. him away. I was in Pennsylvania with these tremendous, like, crowds like this at tremendous rallies. And he had the lid on, right? You know, the lid, like from a garbage can. They call it the lid. <laughs> and he, they saw what was happening, because I went to three of them. I did three of them yesterday in Pennsylvania. So. He went from Delaware to the closest point where <clears throat> Pennsylvania hits Delaware, which was about five minutes away from his basement. <laughs> and he made a speech. Just before that, he called me George. He said, George, I think he was talking about George. <laughs> and his wife was sitting next to him, and see, you could see she was not happy. But it's hard to correct him. You know, the camera's on. But he called me George, and then he did the uh, little speech, and. It wasn't good. They sort of just moved him out. They took him away. His own people brushed him off. They took him off stage. (laughs) This is not what you can have. You know, we have the greatest country in the world. We have more potential than any country in the world. We can't play games. We can't play games. So the Democrats, let's say the Democrats, the radical left Democrats, they have an extreme agenda. He's just a vehicle. He'll be there for about four weeks or so, and then you'll have Kamala, Kamala, that's not going to be, that will not be the first woman president. You're going to have a woman president, maybe soon, maybe soon, but you're not going to have Kamala, can't be Kamala. She's further left by far than crazy Bernie. You know, Bernie is, like a conservative compared to her but biden's extreme agenda includes a radical vision to destroy suburbs across our nation how are your suburbs doing don't ask are they good they won't be good for longer if they get it and to completely dismantle law enforcement and cripple police departments nationwide you know what's going on you see it better than anybody You don't have to take my word for it, Biden's plan to destroy suburbs and police. Just take a look, roll the tape. We do this for you on this freezing cold night. The suburbs today are
5: not the suburbs of half a
7: century ago. The suburbs are far more diverse than the cities, but they're being targeted. They targeted for what? Federalized, centralized government control by the left. Democrats want to abolish the suburbs. They are too clean and nice, and therefore, by definition, they are racist. The Biden campaign has highly specific plans on how to do this. It's called Affirmatively Furthering Fair Housing. It's a HUD regulation. It was written during the Obama administration. Biden's advisors plan to enforce it. Towns will be ordered to abolish zoning for single-family housing because single-family homes, needless to say, are racist. Low-income, federally subsidized apartments will go up in the suburbs. We'll
6: also build 1.5 million new energy-efficient homes and public housing units.
0: This is fantastic.
7: Thankfully, Trump repealed this rule back in July. But now the left is backing an even more radical plan. It was a bill put forward by Senator Cory Booker to push low-income housing developments into the suburbs. This would be a federal takeover of local zoning laws in essence. And Biden, he fully supports it.
9: The prior administration piled up more than 600 major new regulations A cruel and punishing regulatory burden that cost the average American an additional $2,300 per year. Think of that. The average American, $2,300. Regulation hitting low-income americans by far the hardest our historic regulatory relief is providing the average american household an extra three thousand one hundred dollars every single year i've had the luxury of enjoying the benefit of the tax cuts the tax cuts allowed me to grow my businesses
8: i believe that if you take into account the trump tax cut You take into account the drop in unemployment, and particularly unemployment for African-Americans, the lowest it's ever been in history.
7: How's the economy right now? We're loving it. Kennedy credits the Trump tax cuts and deregulation for her company's growth. It's the first time in 10 years that it's booming again. The tax cuts that uh, were imposed did wonders for the, the middle
0: class.
9: I will cut taxes even further. For hardworking moms and dads, I will not raise taxes, I will cut them. First
6: thing I do is going to repeal this Trump tax cut. there is systemic racism in law enforcement.
0: Absolutely.
7: I've been a police officer for nearly 32 years. Joe Biden does not have the backs of police officers. Joe Biden's staffers, they gave money to a fund to help bail out accused criminals. Joe Biden's silence is encouraging the rioters. Kamala Harris was working to help the instigators, the criminals, get out of jail. If Joe Biden's elected, it's just gonna continue.
6: Everyone
4: beware, because they're not gonna stop
6: The only person who defended the police is Trump. I have had overwhelming support from police my whole career up until this year.
4: We can reduce the responsibilities assigned to the police and redirect some of the funding for police. Can we agree that we can redirect some of the funding?
6: Yes, absolutely. In Joe Biden's America, we'll all be in danger. If you support the police and you want to be safe in your home and you want your children safe, support Donald Trump.
9: Thank you very much. Well that's pretty effective. <laughs> you know what that costs to bring to you and thank you. More, more years. Thank you. Please go. Right. Thank Just you pray. very much. Thank you very much. Pretty effective, right? You see it. It saves me a lot of words. I can sit here watch. I say, see. <laughs> nah, he's not the right guy. He's not the right guy. He's not right for this country he's not he's not the guy for this country this election is a choice between the american dream which is what we want and a socialist nightmare which is where you would head if you ever did that which i don't believe you'll do it's a choice between a trump boom and a biden lockdown he wants to lock it all down now we close it up we understand the disease it's a terrible thing should never have been allowed to come here from China. Should never have been allowed. Joe Biden will delay the vaccine, postpone therapies, prolong the pandemic, shutter your schools, right? Shutter your schools. Destroy your small businesses and shut down our country. We're not doing that. Look, we are setting records. 11.4 million people, it's all opened up. We understand it, and we are doing a job We are literally setting records on employment. Look at housing. Look at automobile production. Look at how you're doing in Nebraska. Look at how you're doing in Nebraska. (laughs) Biden even wants to lock down young and healthy Americans. Yet, for those under the age of 50, I hate to say this, you under the age of 50. How many are under the age of 50? Pretty young. Well, I have good news for you, 99.99, okay? You know what that means? That means you're in good shape. That's what that means. But you notice the fake news now, right? All they talk about is COVID, 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 and we've made such progress, it's incredible. Excuse me, I'm here. (laughs) I'm here. wasn't exactly feeling great. It's been a long time. I wasn't exactly feeling great and I met with uh, great doctors. One thing when you're president, you got plenty of doctors. We have one of them here tonight, I think, right? We have our great White House doctors traveling. Sean, he's become very famous. Where's Sean? He's become, oh, is that Sean? Look at Sean. Look at him. You know, he's got a big ego. He loves it when I mention his name. No, <laughs> yeah, he's a great doctor, and they were great I doctors. Love it. He's such Johns a From Johns Hopkins and from Walter Reed and everything else. And uh, what we know today is, like, so different than what we knew six months ago. Incredible. The progress they've made. And with the vaccines, which are coming immediately, even without, we're turning that corner. You know, at some point, we're turning that corner. And it's been pretty amazing. Uh, Florida had a rough time. Boom, it's back. It's all the way down. Texas, all the way down. Arizona, great governors, all the way down. Biden's cruel and senseless lockdowns would cause countless deaths from suicide, drug overdose, and delayed medical care, alcohol. I mean, so many, so many different problems. Remember, I'd say the cure cannot be worse than the problem itself. That's what you have. When I banned travel from China, remember, he said, now he says, oh, we should have done it sooner, except when I banned it for two and a half months, he said he shouldn't do that. He's xenophobic, right? And now he says, oh, I should have done it earlier. And he had a thing called the swine flu. It was a disaster, much less lethal. He was a, it was a disaster. He was a disaster. He's still a disaster, actually. (laughs) If we listened to Joe, countless more people would have died. They were anticipating it could be 2.2 million — you don't hear that — 2.2 million. And you know the number. It's still — one is too many, as far as I'm concerned. One is too many. This shouldn't have happened. One is too many. But it could have been 2.2. It could have been more than that. Biden was willing to sacrifice your lives on the altar of open borders. He wants open borders. Without borders, you don't have. Without borders, you don't have a country. By the way, the wall is now over 400 miles long, and we're building 10 miles a week, and it's very soon going to be finished. So we have the strongest southern border we've ever had, and we want people to come into our country, but they have to come in legally, and they have to come in through merit, merit. Biden has no plan, no idea, no clue. He has no clue, that's for sure. And he just wants to lock up and throw away the keys, letting rioters and looters run wild. And you know, it's interesting, they call them peaceful protesters. They burn down your cities. They do things that nobody's seen before. All in radical left, Democrat-run cities and states, but cities, all of them, all of them. And every time we go in, we were going to go into Seattle, we let them know we're coming in. The night before we came in, they gave up, they left. They took over a piece of Seattle. That wasn't going to last. Minneapolis, the same thing. We went into Minneapolis, we went in. You know, we have to be asked in theory by the state. We went into Minneapolis, and it all ended. It took about, what do you think, 25 minutes or so. It was just, boom, right down the street. Now, you know, the Republican-run cities are doing very well. The Republican-run cities. And I hope you agree, because I know he's here, but you have a very good Republican governor. You do know that, right? Oh! Listen to that good — good. Hi, Pete. Good. Pete, I'm glad they did that. You know, I want to do the — otherwise, I just wouldn't introduce you later. You know, keep it quiet. They like you, Pete. The Biden plan will crush you and crush your family. My plan will crush the virus, and you will see economic benefits like we've never seen in our country before. That's what we're headed. Yeah. When the China plague arrived, we moved heaven and earth to fight the disease. We airlifted medical supplies, pioneered groundbreaking therapies, reduced the fatality rate 85 percent — think of that — and saved over 2 million lives. Our excess mortality rate has been 42% less than Europe. You hear about Europe, 42% less, much better than Europe. I'm working to make the breakthrough treatment that I received. I did. I had this thing called Regeneron. I don't know. I'd like to say it had nothing to do. I'd like to say my immune system is just like Baron Trump. You know, first lady had it. I had it. Barron had it. They said, sir, Barron has tested positive. Like 12 minutes later, I said, how's Barron doing? Oh, he's okay now, sir. He threw it away. (laughs) He just took that and threw it away, you know? They're young and they have strong immune systems, but I'd like to say the treatment didn't do anything for me. Doctor, did you hear that? Didn't do I just threw it away like Barron. But you know what? I wasn't going to take my chance. I said, you have something, give it to me. And it was effective because I woke up the next morning after being with these doctors, They wanted to touch every single part of your body, and I didn't like it, 12 of them. Each one was a specialist, right? Every single one, but they were great. No, they were great, but I woke up the next morning, and I tell you, I felt like, get me out of here. It was amazing, so I really think this thing was great. It's great. I think it was great. And, you know, I don't have the luxury of staying in a basement. I'm president of the United States. I don't. I can't be staying. I really can't. You can't stay. I had a lot of meetings. I meet a lot of people. As president, I have that obligation. So we have basements in the White House. I could stay. We have beautiful bedrooms upstairs at the White House. I could stay for a year and a half. I can't do that. I have to be working for you. And if something happens, it happens. And I get, you know, they came in, they said, uh, sir, you've tested positive. I said, tested positive for what? <laughs> then you go into one of the 27 different names. Corona, this, 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 China virus, the China plague, the China plague. That's what I tested positive for. But it was amazing, and it was actually an experience. And until I came along, you were supposed to have lifetime immunity, right? I said, well, you know, I'm recovered, I feel great. And I'm immune. I could jump right into this row and I could kiss every man and woman. Every man and woman. But because it was me, the press said, no, it's not for a lifetime. It's only for four months. The immunity is only now for four months. They brought it down, right? It was always going to be for a lifetime. Now it's four months. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? It's one of those things. But I guarantee you this, on November 4th, you won't be hearing as much about this. It's going to be right now, it's it's COVID, 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 no matter what happens, COVID, COVID. And on November 4th, you'll probably try and find some information about it. No, we're rounding the term. We're rounding that beautiful turn, and it's going to be very good. The vaccines, though, are going to make it go away a lot faster, and they're going to be great. The greatest companies, the greatest companies of their kind in the world are doing it really good. Johnson & Johnson, Moderna, they really are great. Pfizer, Thanks to our relentless efforts, ninety-seven percent of all. Cur-
0: all right. Well, the president's feed is. Uh, someone didn't like him talking about the vaccine. It looks like so. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's really he's changed it up a little bit. The video portion. You know how, how many times have I said on this show when oh, he gets yeah. to, when he when he talks about AFFH. How much I wish he would explain more about just then other than just saying this, how's your suburbs? Well, if they're, right. they're, you know, I really want them to get into it and the single families. So that clip tonight with Levin and Tucker and Laura and really going over what they want to do is uh, fantastic. Well, That's a, I,
5: I think with stuff like that, you run the risk of getting a little too wonky. And you lose people. They'll be like, ah, I don't know. know." You know, they start to lose it because it starts, you got to really dive into it and pull it apart to show them, you know, exactly what this
0: uh, legislation would end up doing. Get cut five up, G. This is, we didn't play this yesterday. This is the clip that he was talking about. This is really amazing, this clip. This is the clip the president was referencing Yesterday, Joe Biden, after deciding that he was going to put a lid on, decided, oh, well, maybe that's not a great idea. And he came out, and I don't know exactly where this is. It's out, outdoors somewhere. He left his uh, house. I don't think he went too far. But he was surrounded by reporters, and he decided to start talking about something. And man, when I tell you he couldn't remember where he was or what he was talking about, that the staff, as you'll see here, actually tried to get the cameras away from him because he, he was in such a funk, he couldn't get out of whatever he was trying to say. Roll that.
6: Here's the deal. One of the things that, that, that is important is that, um, keep in mind, although they're going to vote on uh, uh, Barrett, I think today, I that really important.
0: They just escort the cameras out.
1: It really reminds me of Vin, the the guy, the Chin Gigante, when he was acting like he had dementia right before he was going to jail. It's just he was got the uh, mob boss who pretended he couldn't remember a thing, couldn't finish a sentence anywhere on every interview. I, I don't know, man. I don't know how you can go from so coherently making international trade deals to complete babbling fool. I don't know, man. I
0: mean, when, <laughs> I don't know. when you listen to that clip, when they take, start to take the cameras out, if you listen in the background, he's still trying to get out mm-hmm. yeah. what he's talking yeah. about. He's still trying. And you can't make out what he's saying. One more time, G, on that. Listen in the background to him. When they start to escort the cameras, he's still talking and not saying anything. Roll that.
6: Here's the deal. One of the things that, that, that is important is that... Um, well, keep in mind, although they're going to vote on uh, uh, that, I think today.
1: this? This is sad. It really is sad. The American people have been so manipulated. How they can? eat This guy can get one vote, let alone. Fifty percent of it or so—it's uh, unbelievable.
0: He said something today that brought people's attention. Um, Crazy Town, one forty-seven G. This was uh, this afternoon around three o'clock. Roll it.
6: My name is Joe Biden. I'm Joe Biden's husband, and I am Kamala's running mate. <laughs> You all think I'm kidding, don't you?
0: <laughs> actually, no, we don't actually think you're kidding. That's the problem.
1: We, yeah, we actually this
0: up. We don't think you're kidding.
1: I right, put the put the uh, drunk clip up of
0: <laughs> of Camilla. Uh, I don't have it. Um. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's it's just unbelievable. Oh uh, no no, gee, we don't have time right now. Just tell them no. Just, not put right a now lid on it um yeah we'll put a lid on that so <laughs> i mean it's some. Humbl- no we don't think you're kidding joe we don't think you're kidding we you've said it now she said it um her husband her what? Her, her, her wife has said it according yeah. <laughs> to joe her husband has said it or if you listen to joe her wife so no we don't think you're kidding Do we have that? Yeah, we have that. Ro- ro- roll that.
6: But my wife, Jill, as you know, and Doug Emhoff, uh, Kamala's wife are there. Kamala will be back.
0: <laughs> Doug Emhoff, Kamala's wife. Yeah. He'll, he'll be there. Okay. Heavens. Is the president back, Jay? Let's step back in.
9: We'll both admit, Joe and Marlene are better, right? And you're here. Hi, Joe. I like the hat. Hi, Joe. (laughs) You got to be proud of your boys. They're doing a great job. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Great family. Here as well are Senators Deb Fischer, who is fantastic. She is my favorite senator from the state of Nebraska. By far. She's fantastic. She is. Fa- I'll tell you what. She calls me. It doesn't stop. Between her and Joni Ernst for, from Iowa, who I think is here. Where's Joni? Joni. Joni. They call, sir. We need help with ethanol, sir. We need help with corn. We need. It's always. But you know what? That's what a great senator. That's what a great representative's supposed to do, right? Joni, thank you very much. And I heard you're doing very well. I just saw some very nice numbers. And Deb, you don't have to worry about numbers, right? You don't have to worry about numbers. I'm with you all the time. Thank you both. And uh, yeah, it looks very good in Iowa. Thank you very much. Good. And representatives, Jeff Fortenberry, a warrior. Where's Jeff? Thank you, Jeff. Great, great guy. Don Bacon.
0: People love bacon. Wow, who <laughs> doesn't? Wow.
9: Well, I like him too, but I don't know if I like him that much. That's very good. I'll tell you, you better get me Omaha. Do you understand that? It's just, now I know. I wouldn't have asked him, but now I'm going to say, make sure we win this side too, right? Good. How are we doing, Donna? Here, good, huh? Oh uh, good. I'm very impressed. That's about as good as I've heard in a long time. And Adrian Smith. Adrian, great. Great job. Great job. Great to have you here. It's a great group of people, and these are warriors. They fought with me a lot. They fought with me. We just we 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 keep winning over there, but it's not easy, right? But we get it gets easier and easier all the time. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. For decades, our politicians spent trillions and trillions of dollars rebuilding foreign nations, fighting foreign wars, and defending foreign borders. But now we are finally protecting our nation, rebuilding our cities, and we are bringing our jobs, our factories, and our troops back home to the USA. Our troops are coming home. Thank you. No, our troops are coming back home. It's enough. Nineteen years in Afghanistan, and we have it worked, and they're coming home, and it's a great thing. And they're home from Syria. They're home. I left some because we kept the oil, if you don't mind, there was some oil. And we captured it. We kept it. And uh, coming home from Iraq, it's enough. It's enough. We want to have them all home. We have a lot of other countries, too. we were in many, many, many countries most of which you never even heard of, right? You never even heard of, it's ridiculous. I ended the, and by the way, making our military stronger by far than ever before. I ended the NAFTA nightmare and proudly signed the brand new USMCA, which is turning out to be phenomenal. It's a great deal. It's a great deal, just kicked in now. And you know what? Companies will not be leaving Nebraska and Iowa and all of our places. There's a very big disincentive for them to do that. When China targeted our farmers, I delivered $28 billion to our incredible farmers here in Nebraska and Iowa and all across the country. Don't forget to tell the people of Iowa that, please. $28 billion. I said to Secretary Sonny Perdue of Agriculture, you know, Sonny is great. I said, Sonny, how much were the farmers targeted? And he said, 12 billion, sir, and 16 billion, two years. 12 and 16. I said, 28, good. So I tariffed 28 billion, took it from China, and distributed it to our farmers. Nobody else else is going to do that. In fact, some people say our farmers do better now than they did when they actually had a farm. (laughs) But we did. We had the biggest order of corn Two weeks ago, in the history of our country, the biggest order of soybeans and the biggest beef order, right? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Joe Biden's running mate, the most liberal member of the U.S. Senate. You know who that is, right? Sponsors the insane Green New Deal. $100 trillion. You, too, can have no windows in your buildings. (laughs) Which would wipe out the ethanol industry, Joni. It would totally wipe out that industry. We worked hard on that industry, and they're now in good shape. Devastating Nebraska and devastating Iowa. As President, I will always defend ethanol. Okay? All right? Does Nebraska like ethanol, too, by the way? Okay, good. I want to just – I need that little assurance. I need that little bit of assurance. Under my leadership, we achieved the most secure border in U.S. history, our southern border. Largely because of the wall. My opponent's insane immigration plan would completely eliminate U.S. borders. Open borders they want to have. Let's have open borders so everyone can just pour in like they used to. He would make every community into a sanctuary city for violent criminals. So we invested $2.5 trillion, a lot of it right here from this state and from, Joni, from Iowa, $2.5 trillion. New equipment. Our military is in the best shape it's ever been in. We have the greatest equipment anywhere in the world. We are the envy of every other country, Russia, China, North Korea. We have the best missiles and rockets and tanks and planes and fighter jets, F-35s, submarines. And our nuclear weapons are now renovated and or new and fixed. And we only hope to God we never have to use them. Hope to God. Our military was very uh, much in bad shape. It was depleted. It was depleted. It was exhausted. It was ridiculous. We killed the leader of ISIS, al-Baghdadi. They were looking for him for a long time. And we took out the world's top terrorist, Soleimani is dead. I withdrew from the last administration's disastrous and ridiculous Iran nuclear deal, $150 billion. We paid, we paid for nothing. And $1.8 billion in cash. I'm more impressed with that. What do you think, Pop? I think I'm more impressed. 150 billion or 1. 1.8 billion in cash. I think I'm more impressed with the cash. You ever hear of everything like that? That's what we gave to Iran for nothing. We got nothing. I recognized the true capital of Israel and opened the American embassy in Jerusalem. And I also recognized Israeli sovereignty over the Golan Heights. Think of that. They worked on that for 52 years. I got it done in two hours. (laughs) And instead of never-ending wars in the Middle East, you see what's happening already. Three countries that we have five lined up and we're going to have another. It's going to be, it's an easy one. It's a lot easier than you would think. They worked on this for 35 years. They had the wrong people. They had the wrong concepts. But, uh, you know, I got nominated for... Three Nobel Peace Prizes. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? For all different regions, like Kosovo and Serbia, we're doing deals, you know, trade deals, just normally we're doing trade deals. I said, wait a minute, aren't they always fighting each other? Yeah, aren't they always killing each other? Yeah, for many decades, or how did you know? I said, I know, they're killing them. They fight each other all the time. Tell them we're not going to do any business with them. They want our business, right? And we're not going to do any business unless we make a deal where they stop killing each other. And you know what? It took about 20 minutes. They've been fighting for 40 years. I think they've been fighting for 400 years, you want to know the truth, but they've been fighting for a long time. They want to make a deal. All of a sudden, two months ago, they're in the Oval Office hugging the two prime minute, hugging and kissing and thinking, "Great, That was easy, Joe, right? That was easy. It just makes sense. I just said, hey, why don't we get them together? I mean, we're going to do these two deals tell them to stop fighting, and we save a lot of lives. That's a good thing. But we're forging peace in the Middle East without blood all over the sand, and we're not spending money. You're doing it, either. It's something very nice, because we're pulling out. A vote for Republicans is a vote for the American dream. It's a vote for acknowledgment that Abraham Lincoln was a Republican. Is that nice? People don't know that. A lot of people don't. So, in conclusion, over the next four years, we will make America into the manufacturing superpower of the world, and we will end our reliance on China, and that's already begun, largely already begun. We will hire more police, increase penalties for assaults on law enforcement, and we will ban deadly sanctuary cities. We will defend religious liberty, free speech, the right to life, and the right to keep and bear arms. We will maintain America's unrivaled military might, and we will ensure peace through strength. And that's what we have now with what we have. We will end surprise medical billing, require price transparency that's bigger than healthcare. You watch already signed kicks in on January 1st. Lower drug prices, even more. We signed favored nations. That means we're going to get the lowest price anywhere in the world. Right now, we're by far the highest. And we will always protect patients with pre-existing conditions. America will land the first woman on the moon, and the United States will be the first nation to land an astronaut on Mars and NASA is the number one space center anywhere in the world again. It was a mess three and a half years ago. We will stop the radical indoctrination of our students and restore patriotic education to our school. We will teach our children to love our country, honor our history and always respect our great American flag. And we will live by the timeless words of our national motto, in God we trust. For years, you had a president who apologized to America. Now you have a president who is standing up for America and standing up for the great people of Nebraska and Iowa. So get your friends, get your family, get your neighbors and get your co-workers, get your boss and say, boss, get out of here, boss. Get out and vote. You got to vote. The red wave is coming. The great red wave. Now we're doing very well. Those early ballots, you know, the whole ballot hoax, you see what's going on there's so much So many bad things happening, but we're doing very well. You know, we're supposed to be a little behind and then we're a little bit above, right? But that wave comes and now we go to the front of everything. I think we're going to win everything. We didn't come this far and fight this hard to surrender our country back to the corrupt Washington swamp. So on November 3rd, We must finish the job that we started. We have done a job like nobody. There has been no administration, nobody, but, and it's us all together, there has been no administration has done in the first three and a half years what this administration has done. Not Not even close, not even close. Not even close, from Norfolk to Hastings, from Grand Island to Lincoln and from Scotts Bluff to right here in Omaha, we inherit the legacy of Nebraska patriots who gave their blood, sweat, and tears for this beloved nation. We stand on the shoulders of American heroes who crossed the ocean, settled a continent, tamed the wilderness, laid down the railroads, raised up the great skyscrapers, won two world wars, defeated fascism and communism, and made America the single greatest nation in the history of the world, and the best is yet to come. citizens like you help build this country, and together we are taking back our country. We are returning power to you, the American people. With your help, your devotion, and your drive, we are going to keep on working, we are going to keep on fighting, and we are going to keep on winning, winning, winning. We are one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious nation under God. And together with the incredible people of Nebraska and Iowa, we have made America powerful again. We have made America wealthy again. WE HAVE MADE AMERICA STRONG AGAIN. WE HAVE MADE AMERICA PROUD AGAIN. WE HAVE MADE AMERICA SAFE AGAIN. AND WE WILL MAKE AMERICA GREAT AGAIN. THANK YOU, NEBRASKA. THANK YOU, IOWA. THANK YOU, BOTH. THANK YOU. GET OUT AND VOTE.
0: ALL RIGHT, THERE'S THE PRESIDENT. His third rally of the day, and I think he's going to keep this schedule up for seven more days, about three a day. And I don't know what he's doing on Election Day. (laughs) I think he's going to go to Florida. I think he's going to end his day in D.C. for what he hopes is going to be a big night. We'll be with you, obviously, Tuesday night as well from 8 o'clock till... uh, well, I don't know. I don't know how long.
1: <laughs> he should just jump out of a helicopter and land on Mount Rushmore the way he's going.
0: Until it's uh, until it's either a party or I want to go jump off the roof one of the two yeah. on election night. So we'll see. But uh, the president's always uh, fantastic. and I don't, He just connects with the people. He just connects with the people. I, you, you'll just Unbelievable. Well, let me tell you who's not connecting with the people. <laughs> not to end the show on a on a negative note here, but old Shepard Smith. Oh old performer from Fox, Oops. who uh everybody thought should be over there at CNN or someplace as he his bias continued to seep out more and more and more. Well, old Shep took some time off and ended over at CNBC for a seven o'clock. Um quote-unquote, news show, maybe mixed with some opinion. I haven't watched it, so I don't know. And that'd be the problem. Not only have I not watched it, it seems like nobody's watched it. Uh, Shepard Smith is pulling less ratings at 7 p.m. on CNBC than the repeat of Lou Dobbs at 7 p.m., which the original airs at 5. Oh, wow. Lou Dobbs' repeat at 7 gets about three hundred and five thousand viewers. Shep Smith live at seven is coming in at two hundred and seventy two thousand viewers, which is behind everybody. <laughs> Including us. So <laughs> well we're not on a seven, so um but so that that's not long for that show. And uh well isn't that just too bad. So uh, let's wrap it up here with a little sports. Rick Emirati is here with sports. What's going on, pal? All right, Big D. Well, baseball right now in the end of five. Tampa
2: is up one nothing still over the Dodgers. Um, just an unbelievable game, one-hit game. So we'll see what happens there. Dodgers are trying to uh, come back and win this and take the series for the first time since 1988. Um, and you caught me off guard. So we got baseball, Korean baseball standings. <laughs> Big D, the uh, NC Dinos are in first place at 81-54. and 54. The LG Twins are in second at 3.5 behind. KT Wiz is also 3.5 behind. Key Womb Heroes, Paul, you used to root for the Key Womb Heroes. They're 4.5 games out. And former New York Mets pitcher Chris Flexen has been on fire lately for the defending champion, Doosan Bears. The season ends this Saturday, and uh, the playoffs will start next week with uh, the... Th- uh, top five team playing the top four team, and the winner of that will play the three teams. So, what happens is the uh, number one team, they don't play anybody until they get down to, you know, eliminating all the other teams, which is great. So, winning the season series there, you actually have a bye week for almost two weeks. Okay. Um, and,
0: uh, we don't have to wear myself out here with Korean baseball, <laughs> with every in and out of what's happening, but my okay. team's in first. That's the only important part of the whole story, oh, is baloney. my team's in first, and Paul's team is in, well, tied for fourth. So, Whatever, nice.
2: Um, and number two, world-ranked tennis star. Well, people are ref- watching Shepard Smith.
0: <laughs> no, that's
2: not definitely not true. Yeah. So number two world-ranked uh, tennis star Rafael Nadal swaps tennis rackets for golf clubs, Big D, and he finished sixth in a professional event in Spain. So uh, if you thought the number two uh, world tennis star Rafael would be taking it easy after his winning 20th Grand Slam, think again. Mm-hmm. Um, he shot a 77, and uh, he didn't do too bad, the 34-year-old. He was tied for the sixth position, and just goes to show you, could play golf. If you sure. put it in comparison, uh, good old Big Cat shot a 76 over the weekend at the Zozo Championship. So,
0: Let me just tell you that Benny Johnson on Twitter from Turning Point USA had just posted uh, spiking Google trend right now. If you type in Joe Biden corruption, uh, there's a huge spike in people searching for that in swing states, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Ohio, Michigan, Florida. Huge spike in the search term Joe Biden corruption uh, right now. So just another not a great sign. For Joe Biden, and I'll bet that has something to do with what happened on Fox News tonight between 8 and 9 o'clock, if I had to guess. Uh, all right, Rick, uh, give me one one short story if you got something left.
2: Okay, well, another buddy of Joe Biden, Barack Obama, tweeted earlier today in Miami this weekend, I dropped by The Shop to talk with at King James and at Mav Carter about the NBA bubble, the racial justice movement, and what's at stake over the next seven days. The Obama episode of The Shop will air Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Um, NBA doesn't get the message. One and a half billion and counting. <laughs> NBA should now stand for not Barack again. And that's okay. my scrap for sports.
0: I saw the former president speaking today. Did you guys see him or hear anything from yeah. him
1: today? Yeah, briefly. It was boring.
5: Saw a yeah. little bit. He seemed a little. uh do he seemed a little exasperated.
1: Yep. You know, like I can't believe they're rolling me out here to bail out this jackass again. <laughs> it's what he look
2: like? He's lost <laughs> his mojo. I, I, you could see it. He's lost his mojo.
0: Yeah. I think that's what it is. I think he's lost his mojo. He's, a, he's out there yelling at the cars, too, just yep. kind of all over the place. <laughs> almost. I mean, I listened to it driving in, and he lied for my rides about 20 minutes. It's, he, he lied for a good 18 minutes of Bright, everything he said, Bright, every, every attack. Breitbart yeah. did a breakdown of all of his lies. It was great.
1: And, and 19 lies in 26 minutes. And he said, and you said he was on
5: for what, 16 minutes? So he got 18 minutes worth of lies in. That's how and, much he was lying. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was. Uh, it it didn't have the same uh, Obama orator feel to it. It seemed desperate. Yeah, yeah,
5: that's the best word for
0: it. It seemed a little desperate and uh, and a little bit. Um, well, I don't know. Yeah, desperate. Look, it sounded desperate. What just word the came to at the mind co- was contrived. That's the word. Contrived is in. a good word. Contrived and desperate are two the two probably the two best words. So. All right, as always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders. Very thanks. special thanks to John Solomon, Eric Greitens. Thanks, everybody on the show. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. Thanks, everybody at Real America's Voice. Most of all, thanks to you, the live from Studio 6B audience. We will see you tomorrow night, one step closer to uh, saving the country. We'll see you tomorrow night, back with you in 22, baby.